Hello, and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands, and entrepreneurs get more out of their marketing and advertising spend. On today's episode, we have Lee Welch, who is the founder and CEO of Jamloop, a CTV and OTT platform, which helps advertisers access this new and important channel. Leap is an entrepreneur, advisor, and digital media executive with deep industry expertise in both digital advertising and programmatic media buying. So Leap, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, thanks for having me. So I think that we should just start it off with just a quick definition of what is the difference between OTT and CTV? And then sort of the follow-up to that is how do both of those differ from linear or traditional TV? That's a great question. There is some confusion in the marketplace. And I think to a certain extent, these uh, terms are used interchangeably, whether that's entirely accurate or not, that's actually fine. From a more technical standpoint, connected TV is almost like a subset of OTT in many ways. When people watch streaming television, which is kind of a broader generic term, they are watching whatever shows, whatever movies they want, whenever they want, and they're doing it on whatever device that they want to view it on. And that, that's the beauty about it is there's a lot of flexibility. You can literally get what you want on demand. As it turns out though, the large majority, and I'm talking about probably 80, 85% of people actually will watch their TV shows and movies on the big screen TV that, you know, is typically sitting in their living room or their bedroom. And so connected TV is simply the function of watching uh, TV on the big screen TV. Now there are going to be some people, and I'm one of them, that sometimes watch shows on their phone. That maybe represents 10, 12% of consumers. And there's some people that are actually going to watch it on their laptop that might represent three to 5% of consumers. It really doesn't matter. Usually in the marketplace, when people say CTV, they're talking about all of the screens, but we do have certain buyers that specifically want only the big screen because they view that's the best advertising experience. It is the biggest screen. It is going to be the most lean back experience where people are kind of sitting back on the couch. They're, they're, just engaged in watching the TV show and that has the biggest impact on the advertising. OTT, which stands for over the top, is kind of also a subset in the sense that historically, when we think about TV, we're thinking about cable network, broadcast network, CBS, NBC, MTV, whatever it is with, that we watch. And those programs historically were only available either on a satellite device or on a, on a cable box. And when they, when that content became available, through internet connections, it was called over the top because it was over the top of the, it wasn't limited to the cable box. It was beyond the cable box. From a, a pure definition standpoint, OTT stands for the professionally produced cable network and broadcast network content that is now available on whatever device you want to view it via an internet connection. But what it technically does not include is there are all sorts of streaming apps now that, that have interesting content that just happen not to be cable or broadcast networks, but it's valid content, it's full length shows and movies and so on. And so that whole broader mix of content could be, I just refer to it as streaming television. And whether you're watching it on a CTV device or you're watching content that historically had been on a cable box and now is, a, now is called OTT, it doesn't really make a difference. Some buyers draw a distinction, but in general, it all kind of lumps in together. Okay, so well said. I just think maybe there's one other clarifying point I wanted to get at here, which is the technology behind OTT and CTV allows for a, a lot of different marketing opportunities, measurement, and all the great things that Jamloop does. Maybe just hammer, if you would, a little bit on what the linear traditional TV uh, channel is sort of unable to do. Like you've talked about the various ways you can consume this content streaming in your, on your TV, on your mobile device. 
But what is it about traditional or linear TV that really falls short that these new mechanisms, CTD and OTT, are really improving on? Yeah, so the, the limitations on linear really have to do with the targeting capabilities or the lack thereof, and then the measurement and attribution capabilities or the lack thereof. You know, the promise of and the benefit of a digital platform like streaming TV, OTT, CTV is there you can, you can target in a much more granular way. So whereas in linear television, it's much more limited. I mean, you think about how linear TV has always been delivered over a cable box or satellite TV. Every household in a given region, it used to be every household in the country used to see the same ad. So everyone was watching the same TV shows and everyone was seeing the same ad. And then at some point it got a little bit more granular. There would be local television stations or local components of linear TV inventory that would be able to serve up different ads for different geographic regions. So someone living in Philadelphia would see a different ad than someone living in Los Angeles. And, and that has gotten a little bit more granular, but nowhere near to the extent of digital. In digital, we have the ability, when you're talking about OTT at a household level, you can actually vary the advertising by household. And that's done through, typically through the mechanism of what's called an IP address. So the IP address is the unique address that every household is connecting through to the internet. And so I know that household A has a different IP address than household B. And therefore, if I have data that backs up and says the characteristics and makeup of household A is slightly different than household B, therefore I might want to serve up a slightly different ad. And you have that ability in the digital realm in a way that you don't have in traditional, traditional linear TV. So that's one. And, it's, and when we're talking about audience targeting, we're talking about Anything from as broad as demographics, so age and gender, but you're also talking about things like household income or urban versus versus rural, or you have liberal parts of the uh, country versus more conservative parts of the country. And certainly we can get even much deeper by blending in data that we have on prior purchasing behavior or, or political you know, leanings or it, it kind of psychographic behaviors. And all of those types of targeting can be done at the household level in a digital product like OTT, and you just can't do that on linear. So that's the targeting aspect. And then in the trackability aspect, it's the same thing. There's really no easy way to measure linear television who actually was watching a TV show. And the way it's been done historically is Nielsen, which is the gold currency of uh, audience measurement and tracking in linear television. They have a series of panels. I think it's like 50,000 people around the country that are somehow paid or encouraged to have a special Nielsen box. And they're kind of, they're tracking the consumption of TV shows and movies, and then they're periodically interviewing them. And from that, they're drawing, uh, they're essentially projecting uh, a whole bunch of analysis on a much, much broader nationwide trend. And it really starts with this core, very small trend, a very small base of 50,000 people, but that's very inaccurate in many ways. And in the digital realm, you literally can track how many people saw what impressions on what TV shows, on what networks, what time of day. This is hard evidence. I mean, these are facts. And then from there, you can start to try and glean, okay, what happens downstream after they watch this TV show. And that's really what we're doing with Leeds RX and the whole attribution solution is try to get better signals downstream. So obviously in the past five years, let's say podcasts have really blown up and everybody and their buddy can make a podcast and get it distributed. And you sort of look over here at YouTube and you say, well, hey, everybody can make a channel or a show. And sometimes people live stream on YouTube. My question is, do you foresee a, a sort of podcast-esque wave coming through this video channel in the same way where 
everybody can make a show. Everybody can host their ads on the show. And you're going to have a, a plethora of sort of long tail OTT and CTV content. I see it already on YouTube, like the content's there, but it doesn't seem to fit into the advertising model uh, that you guys are working on, or at least that channel is, it's like still a digital ad inside of YouTube. That's how you would reach those viewers. My question is, is it even possible or do you foresee something like that coming to your space in terms of the individual publisher can essentially host their own OTT content in the same way that an individual podcast publisher can host their own podcast? Yes and no. From a technical standpoint, it's already there. And, and that's really, you know, what YouTube is and YouTube generates billions, probably tens of billions of dollars. It's, you know, it's massive. The distinction I think is who are the buyers and what are the buyers looking for? So when Jamweb actually started getting into this space back in 2017, early 2018, and we were trying to figure out how are we, we see the opportunity, how are we going to tackle this? We went around to the big ad agencies and said, Hey, streaming TV is taking off. Don't you want to put your ads here? And their response was, or their questions were, well, what kind of content are you talking about? And at that time, the content that we were talking about was largely non-professional, user-generated content, short-form video clips, really the, the type of stuff that you have on YouTube. And their response was, that's not television. If you can give us real TV content, then sure, we're, we'll consider shifting our ad budget. And so if you fast forward to today, the content, all the cable network and broadcast network content that was not available at that time at a significant enough scale, because scale is important. Buyers are not going to, just because something is available at a small scale, it's not worth their time. You have to have a certain amount of critical mass in order for a buyer to be able to spend their money efficiently on behalf of the advertiser. Once that happened, they were willing to shift over and give us the budgets. But to be very clear, the market segment that Jamlink focuses on and most of the competitors in the OTT space, what they are looking for is they are expecting, they're historically buying linear television and they're expecting television or television content to be on the streaming apps. And so they really want full-length TV shows. They want full-length movies. They want to professionally produce content. And, and they're not going to, in most cases, they're simply not going to accept uh, short form or, or user-generated content, at least not at the same price point that they're paying for real TV. Now, there, there is a little bit of confusion out in the marketplace in the sense that because there is sort of less professional content, there is short form content. What we're seeing is some companies, some vendors are packaging up this kind of lower tier and lower quality content and selling it as if it were the premium stuff. And they're not necessarily providing the transparency to the buyer. So the buyer thinks they're getting one thing. What they're really getting is kind of a mix with, with a varying quality. Our position is it's okay to provide sort of the second tier or lower quality content to maybe it's short form, it just needs to be transparent and needs to come in at a lower price point. If that is done, then everything's fair. Now, the other thing about your analogy to podcast is what we are seeing also is there are certain segments of the market like gaming. I mean, gaming is huge now, live gaming is huge. And you certainly see channels like Twitch and so on, where there's a lot of interactivity and with gamers playing and then sort of the audience participating commenting and as part of the content itself. And we are definitely seeing growing interest in that type of content. I wouldn't call it professionally produced content. It's certainly not a scripted TV show, but it is very big. And we are seeing a pocket of advertisers that are willing to go that route. So I think in the end, yeah, you are going to see more and more of what you're describing. Content is getting more and more democratized. I think you just need to be very clear with the buyers exactly what it is and what the price point that you're selling it at. And either they're going to say, yeah, that's fair. I like that. Is it helping me reach my very targeted audience? 
or they're going to say, no, that's not what I'm interested in. Give me that traditional TV positioning. That's funny. That's exactly the word I was going to pivot on is positioning. If, if you look at the digital space and you say, hey, I want to get this banner ad out there and you go get it to Google, invariably, they're going to attempt to open up mobile app advertising placements and all these other places that serve their Google ad unit. And you have to sort of wade through it to say, I don't want to be shown on the crossword game. I don't want to be shown on Candy Crush either. Like I'm selling financial services. I, I realize we want to get impressions and clicks and uh, bring people back to the site. But the, to your point, the placement matters. Having the advertisement next to something professional, in fact, is meaningful and it's valuable to that advertiser. And so they're kind of waiting for the content. So that was a good explanation. I wanted to ask you, I noticed on a recent LinkedIn post, you said, while OTT and CTV is still primarily a branding vehicle, it will become more performance-based over time. And I wanted you to explain that. What did you mean by that? And, and how is it becoming more and more performance-based over time? Yeah. So, I mean, this is the big, the big hypothesis that we have is television historically is very much lean back. I'm on the couch. I'm chilling. I'm watching. I'm not necessarily interacting. And the traffic, as we discussed, the tracking was very limited. Now, because it's a digital ad product, we do have the ability to track the more granular metrics around the actual viewing experience. So, for example, when we or other companies in the space are running an OTT or CTV ad, the basic metrics of what they're tracking is how many impressions, in other words, ad views for all intents and purposes, were shown on this particular ad, what time of day, on what device. So you have a certain level of insight, but it's really kind of limited to the metrics around the actual ad delivery. But then the big question is, is the million dollar question is, what happens after that? Uh, what did the consumer do? Not just today or tonight when they were watching the show, but tomorrow, next week, six months from now. And certain products have a very long uh, sales cycle. So if it's a car, people are often in market for a year, sometimes even more when they're thinking about buying a car. And so we've always viewed connected TV as well. It's a branding vehicle and you should really just be concerned with how many times the message was shown and the more you show it, if you show it to the right person, well, you're going to build up brand awareness. And even for a local advertiser, they're going to think of you rather than your competitor when they're ready to buy. So if I'm a car dealer, when you're ready to buy, I want you to think of my dealership down the road. So all of that stuff is actually very difficult to track because for a couple of reasons. One is the television is not a personal device. So there could be three people sitting in the living room you don't know which one of those people, you, you kind of know the characteristics, the attributes of the household. You don't necessarily know everything about who, who specifically was watching that show. And you can start, the goal here is to start getting directional information of what happened downstream. And so if you think about, well, what are the actions that could be taken downstream? Well, maybe someone could visit your website. Maybe when they visit the website, they're taking certain actions. So maybe they're filling out a form or downloading some information, maybe they're filling out the please contact me section. Maybe if it's a retail location, wouldn't it be cool if you could track that they went into that retail location? If it's an e-commerce, uh, if it's an advertiser with an e-commerce presence, would it, wouldn't it be nice if you could track the fact that a month later or a week later, they actually bought something? So there are a lot of actions that could be tracked. The challenge is how do you do that, especially when it stems from a device that's not a highly personal device like a phone? So that's where we've been working with Leads RX and starting off with the website attribution piece. And you can actually get a fair amount of information. You can get how many people visited this website, but then how many people visited very specific uh, pages within that website. And so like, I'll give you an example. I mean, we worked with the end of 2021, we worked with a major consumer brand 
where we essentially set up sort of a, a funnel of actions that were getting increasingly more specific in the signals that they were sending. So first, we how many people saw the connected TV ad and then visited the website? And then when they visited the website, this particular consumer brand wanted to track how many people created a consumer account on that website. So you can then get one level deeper. And then it's once they create an account, well, they actually submit an order or did they return multiple times or supplemental order or just additional information. So you could see that while it may not be an exact science of saying, okay, I know that this one person who was in the household is the one person who actually visited the website. We can through technology and we can dig into the details on that one level deeper and start collecting these signals. And, and the whole goal here is to be able to go back to the advertiser and fill in a broader story than what we have been doing. So what we have been doing is saying, yeah, we served your OTT ads. And these are the three or four metrics that we collected around that ad viewing experience. But now if we can enrich that story with additional signals downstream, then the buyer will feel better that, okay, you know what? I'm not just getting, building a brand awareness. I can see this as having probably an impact on other, uh, on consumer behavior downstream. That strengthens my story. I'm now probably more willing to keep adding budget because I know where I have a sense that this is working. And that's really what we're trying to tackle that piece on fleshing out the downstream part of the story. And you can only do that in a digital realm where I would say it's much, much easier as difficult as it is, much easier to do in a digital realm. You just, it's, it's almost impossible to do that other than anecdotally in the traditional linear television. For somebody new, and this is kind of how we like to, to frame the, some of these episodes is that if somebody's considering reallocating some of that budget, what are some of those tips and tricks that you might be able to, to help them feel comfortable and come over here and try the medium and have some success with it? Yeah. So even before we get into Jamloop, maybe I'll, I'll point out why Jamloop got into this game and, and the problem that we were trying to solve. And it's sort of, it fits into a general trend that we're seeing. So when OTT connected TV first appeared on the scene, it was really more viewed as an add-on and it was a new medium. People don't know how to tackle it. They don't know what inventory they should be on. They're not, not familiar with the targeting tactics. They're probably not even familiar with what the expectations are around performance or even what metrics should be the key KPIs. And so what you saw was you saw a lot of what I would describe as resellers, middlemen, aggregators getting into the game. And this was typically, and, and, I, and I'm going to speak here now from the market segment that Jamloop tends to focus on, which is kind of mid-market agencies that are looking not only for technology, but also expertise and handholding and all that kind of stuff is they are, it, what we saw was traditional sales organizations. So I'm talking about local cable, local television sales, local radio sales. They had a longstanding trusted relationships with local and regional buyers. And so they're now adding on OTT. It's really an add on to the existing core linear product. And the way they went to market was they would go out and partner, white label some tech solution, partner with them, package it up as their own, and then provide this aggregated offering. We're going to get you not just on CBS News, but we're going to get you on CBS and Fox Sports and Hulu and like 30 different others. And so they did a good job around that of getting clients used to that. But there are distinct disadvantages if you're not, if you don't have your own tech platform. And conversely, there are distinct advantages of working directly with a tech stack. And that's really where, where Jamloop comes in. So we're one of the few companies play, playing in the space that actually built from the ground up a, a demand side platform. So a DSP tech stack with proprietary sort of targeting capabilities and tracking capabilities and bidding capabilities that allows kind of one level deeper. In other words, we kind of can control deeper data insights. We understand the inventory, why it's behaving a certain way. 
We can integrate unique data partnerships. We can integrate unique data measurement capabilities. There are a bunch of things that you can do as a tech provider that result in greater transparency, speed, and flexibility in delivery of an OTT campaign that you just can't do or you can't do very well if all you are is a middleman, an aggregator, a reseller. And so when Jamloop goes to market, the way we go to market is we say, hey, look, we have everything that we've done is purpose-built for OTT. So from the way we onboard and access our supply, our inventory, the way we curate that to make sure that it's very professional content, the premium of the premium, the way that we handle our audience targeting that's built specifically for a cookie-less OTT world that is focused on, on kind of the bread and butter of what we do to the way, to the metrics that we emphasize on the tracking and measurement and reporting capabilities. All of this is purpose-built for an OTT world. And, and so we're going to give you that, but it's not just about the technology. You probably are going to need some advice, some expertise on how to run these campaigns, what kind of inventory you should be running on, what targeting options are available to you, what the interpretation of the results, you're going to need some ex uh, expertise around that. And many of these mid-market agencies are simply either not staffed to run these types of campaigns, or they just don't want to deal with it. They have other things to focus on their core businesses. The channel goes to markets and say, what we say is, we're going to give you best of breed technology purpose built for OTT, but we're also going to lend you our expertise. And we're also going to provide you operational resources if you need it to help execute and optimize the campaign. And it's kind of that three pillars of our offering that allows us to win business, stand out in the marketplace. And the fact that we built and own our own technology means we really know what we're doing. And if there's an issue, we're the ones that are equipped to solve that. And we do it with speed and flexibility. And that, that's kind of how we, how we go to market. What's the best way for advertisers to just kind of dip their toe in and get started, um, assuming they're going to use Jamloop, what's, where do you point people first in terms of uh, starting out that very first campaign and how to start? Yeah. So, so in, in many cases, the assumption is that the advertiser is already running and has been for a long time running traditional linear television campaigns. And so they typically have the creative ready to go. It's going to be a 15 or 30 second commercial that they've been running on local TV or national TV. And so all in those cases, and this covers the large majority, all we're saying is like, we're going to take your existing creative and we're going to run it as an extension in the digital realm so that you can reach the digital consumers because there are now a certain percentage of consumers and it's not insignificant and it's just going to keep growing that don't even watch. They've cut the cable cord. They don't even watch traditional TV anymore. They're just now the large majority of people will still, will do a combination. They'll be hybrid. They'll watch linear TV and they'll watch streaming television. And so from that standpoint, we're really just trying to map the uh, campaign of objectives of the traditional linear TV campaign over into the digital realm. But then we're also highlighting the additional capabilities, like we can actually target it in a much more granular way. So tell us in detail the type of audience you're trying to reach, what's the demographic, the age and gender, is there specific household income, are there specific psychographics or behaviors that you're, that would be ideal for you uh, as an advertiser to reach? And then we try to map that in a way in the digital realm that you just can't do linear. And then of course we pro provide the rich metrics on the back end. So there are certainly some nuances and we get into those details. If the client wants to, in many cases, we're just doing the heavy lifting on the back end. Client doesn't even need to know about it. We're just doing it because it's best practice. And then of course the payoff is in the results. Are you getting good scale? Are you getting, are you targeting the right audiences? Are you seeing good completed view rates in the performance of this campaign? If so, everything's good. That was a, a great breakdown on how to get started. So I wanted to just follow up and just get a sign off here and say, look, for all the folks that are out there listening to this, 
the question to you, Leaf, is how do they work with Jamloop? Where should they go? Let's get a plug for your site and uh, tell them how to get in touch with the sales team um, and get this thing underway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the easiest way is to visit jamloop.com. That's J-A-M as in Mary, L-O-O-P as in Peter. And uh, you can get a sense for, you know, what our offering is there. And then it's just simply a matter of providing your name, phone number, email address on the form, and one of our salespeople will get back to you. We have a deep conversation. We're happy to sort of provide a demo of our technology. This is one of the things that if all you are is a reseller organization, there, there's nothing to demo. There's nothing to show. Uh, we actually have something to show. We can dig into the details, show you exactly how campaigns are run, different um, letters that we pull while a campaign is running to make sure that everything is going, you know, as expected. And I think one of the best things is that, you know, that we do, or we try to do is we try to have an ongoing dialogue with the client as the campaign is actually running. Because we own the tech, we have total visibility for every campaign line item, exactly what's going on. We can have these real-time conversations. You want to make mid-campaign adjustments. You don't want to swap out the creative. You want to swap out the zip codes, heavy up in certain zip codes. We can do all that stuff and we can show how we're doing it. So that's kind of my pitch. Best way is go to the website call the number, fill out the form, and someone will respond to you same day. And let's do some business together. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Thank you so much to Leaf Welch for being on the show and breaking down not only how CTV and OTT works, but exactly how you guys can leverage the Jamloop tech to get involved in this growing and important medium. If you are already involved in linear or have some experience in OTT, we strongly encourage you to check out the Jamloop solution and how you can start to measure the effect of those campaigns in a little more robust and granular way to track those conversions and make real-time adjustments to your campaigns. So thanks again to Leaf Welch for being on the show. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.